You know, it, it seems as though the last couple of months have gone by in a hurry, with school starting back, and we've had homework, we've had volleyball, we've had cheer practice, we've had cross-country, I've gotten up and ran in the mornings with Aaliyah, and uh, it's just gone by quickly, in a hurry, like I said. And then you have everyday work on top of that, and then uh, you get home from work, and you got the homework, you got housework, you got things you got to keep up with. You're just in a hurry to get things done. I feel like I've been in a hurry to get everywhere, to get everything done, need to get done. You know, we just hurry from one place to another nowadays, it seems like. And it seems as though we get in a hurry to get as much stuff done as we can in a day, doesn't it? We start out in the morning, we get up, we get dressed, and, and we got to get to work, we got to get our work stuff done, we got to get homework done, we got to get to volleyball and all these different things, and we just hurry from one thing to the next. Monday gets here, and we can't wait for it to be Friday, can we? Like, well, why isn't it Friday already? Well, you got to go through the week. You can't just go Friday to Friday. It doesn't work that way. And we can't wait for Friday to get here to clock out so we can get home, because that means, well, at least for the most of, most of us, it means that our, our work week's done. We can relax for a couple of days. We get in a hurry to get things done so we can move on to the next thing on our schedule. Unless it's something we want to do. If it's a vacation or, you know, for me, going hunting, uh, we're, when that time gets here, we just we want it to stay. We don't want it to go so fast. We want it to go nice and slow so we can enjoy every second of it, don't we? And if you haven't figured out the lesson this morning is, has to do with being in a hurry. Um, and it's probably not what you're thinking about. It has something to do with in a hurry, but it's not necessarily in a hurry to get things done. Uh, you ever heard, ever had someone tell you that they're ready to go? They're ready to go home. They're ready to go to heaven. They're ready to be with the Lord. If I were to die tomorrow, that would be okay. I'm sure a lot of us have heard that. And I'm not talking about someone that's, that's on their deathbed. I'm talking about someone that still has life to live. And I'm sure you're thinking, but, you know, shouldn't we be ready to die? Shouldn't, be, shouldn't we be prepared to die at any time? Yeah, we should. We should be prepared to die at any time. But why are we in a hurry to get to heaven? Help, I turn that on first. Why are we in a hurry to get to heaven? And this is a question that I've thought about for several years. I had someone tell me that, that they were, they're, you know, if I were to die tonight, die tomorrow would be okay with me. And I get that to an extent, but this was a young person. Um, and not that they were suicidal in any way, but they were just making that comment. It just didn't settle well with me. Uh, and it, it just, it seems selfish to me to have the mindset that I'm ready to die. I'm ready to be with the Lord. Is that, do you think that's right? I mean, does, does anybody else think that it seems selfish to me to say that you're ready to die and be with the Lord? Because what it sounds like to me is this. I'm ready to die and leave my loved ones behind ready to leave my friends and my family behind that are not Christians, 
I mean, come on, God wants us to be with Him in heaven, we want to be with Him in heaven, so what's the holdup? I'll tell you what the holdup is. The job at hand. We have a job to finish. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Does that sound like we need to be in a hurry to get to heaven? It doesn't, does it? We need to be out there sharing the word, bringing people to the Lord and baptizing them. So this morning what I want to do is just take a short time and look at a few things regarding this subject and why we shouldn't have the mindset of being in a hurry to get to heaven. The first thing we're going to look at is to live as Christ. In Romans chapter 14, verse 8, it says, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So if you're a Christian, whether you live or die, you're the Lord's. But that doesn't mean we should be in a hurry to get to heaven. Philippians chapter 1, verse 18 through 26. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I wot not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. When Paul wrote this, he was in prison. And you can see he's happy that Christ is being preached and he finds joy in the prayers of the Philippians for his deliverance. Paul was faithful to the Lord. And bold in his faith, and he knew the Lord would stand by him and that Christ would be magnified through him whether he lived or died. And you see, Paul says to live as Christ because he knew that he was a servant of Christ and that he would continue to serve the Lord. Then he says to die is gain. And of course, to die is gain because then he would be in heaven. But I think it was more than that to Paul. I think that not only did he feel it was gain because he would receive his reward of heaven, but also if he were to die doing work for Christ's sake, then it was all worth it. He goes on to say if he lives in the flesh, so as long as he's alive, he will continue to labor for Christ because that is the fruit of his labor. If he had to choose between living and dying, though, he's, he's not real sure what he would do. He's betwixt, he's caught between, or he's caught in the middle of both sides, kind of like a tug of war. On one side, he wants to die and, and, and go to heaven, be with Christ. On the other side, he knows he needs to live so he can preach and spread the gospel and continue to glorify Christ. In verses, chapter, or in verses 24 through 26, 
he comes to the conclusion that to abide in, in the flesh, to live, would be best. Not for his own sake, though, but for the furtherance of the church. See, he knew the selfishness of wanting to be with the Lord would only benefit him and would not be beneficial to the church. The body, a living sacrifice. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul tells us that we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord. We're going to read uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, Paul says, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is opposite of a dead sacrifice. He's not telling us that we need to live or that we need to die for the Lord. He's telling us that we need to live for the Lord. In verse 2, he tells us not to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we do that by believing in God, believing that Jesus is his son, that he, that he died for our sins and then being buried with him in baptism. Then as a Christian, we belong to the Lord. We are no longer that old person. We have become a living sacrifice to the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So as a Christian, our body is a temple, and the Holy Ghost dwells in us. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. And that price was Jesus. He died for our sins so that we would have hope of heaven. If we are to be a living sacrifice to live for the Lord and spread the word, should we be in a hurry to get to heaven? If our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and it is not our own, should we be in a hurry to get to heaven? No, we shouldn't. Just like I said at the beginning of the lesson, it's because there's a job at hand. Why are we here? What is our purpose as a Christian? Do we become Christian and that's it? We got baptized and hey, we can say we're a Christian, that's it, that's all we do. We go to church once a week, partake of communion, we get our religious fix, we say our prayers, be a good person the rest of our life and then wait to die. Is that what we're told to do? Is that what the Bible tells us to do? I'm going to go back and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 through 20 again which we all know is the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We have a job to do, don't we? We're not told to hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, and then sit back, enjoy our life, knowing that we will go to heaven and live eternally with God. That's not what we get out of this scripture, is it? That's not what we get out of the Bible, period. Jesus says to go out and teach his word, to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
That's not sitting around being in a hurry to get to heaven, is it? It's continuing every day to spread his word, to bring others to Christ, to lift one another up, to continue the work of the church. John chapter 4, verses 34 through 38. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white, already to harvest. And he that, re- that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. We need to finish God's work. We didn't sow the first seeds of eternal life. That was done by God, the prophets, Jesus, and his apostles. The fields are white and ready to harvest, just as it says there. It's time to reap what has already been sown. It's time to preach the gospel and gain converts. It's time to get out of our comfort zone and do work for the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Revelations chapter 14, verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Lord, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow me. Paul says that a Christian should be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. John continues that thought by saying that a Christian can rest in their labors when they die. He doesn't say we can rest in our labors when we decide we're ready to. He also doesn't say anything that would give us the idea that we should be in a hurry to get to heaven. We shouldn't get in such a hurry to get to heaven that we forget why we're here. God sent his only son to earth to live a sin-free, perfect life so that he could be a perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus didn't die just for the sins of the people in this church building today. He died for everyone's sins. He died for your neighbor's sins. He died for the person that you don't care for. He died for your best friend's sins, your parents' sins. He died for your children's sins. He died so that everyone, everywhere, could be free from their bondage to sin and live with him in heaven for eternity. Let me ask you, though. If we as Christians are in such a hurry to get to heaven, how does everyone else get the chance to have their sins forgiven? If every Christian on earth were to die tomorrow, where does that leave everyone else? Where does that leave your best friend that's not saved? Where does that leave your coworker that's not saved? Where does that leave your neighbor that's not saved? Where does that leave your child that hasn't been baptized yet? I may not see my youngest again if that were to happen. I'm not saying that that she's at the age of maturity, but she understands who Jesus is. She gets it. There's still work to be done. There's still lives to be saved. We hear people talk about 
how bad this world is and how they can't wait to get to heaven. And I want you to think about what I'm about to say. There's only one world that you can serve and minister to man in, and it's not heaven. Now, my mind has a hard time processing that because it almost makes it sound like heaven isn't where we want to go. But listen to that again. There's only one world that you can serve and minister to man in, and it's not heaven. Did it sink in a little bit that time? We can't talk to people or teach people about God if we're dead, can we? So why be in a hurry to get to heaven? We need to continue to finish his work here and let God take care of every aspect of our life. Before we close, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one more, one more scripture. Not everyone, this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. If you're here today, and you haven't been baptized, but you think, I'm a good person, I go to church, I do the right things, I say the right things, I, I'm not bad. I don't go out and, and get drunk. I don't go out and, and you know, do bad things. That'll get me to heaven. If you think that, maybe you need to go back and read what I just said. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Do you know what his will is? Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of sins. And then look back at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Go out and spread his word. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.